Yeah, so, can I help you? Hi, I'm George Newman. I'm the new station manager. <gasps> you know, when I first took this job, they told me that this position was only temporary and that eventually, when the time was right, I would be moved up to news, which is really my forte. You know how long I've been working here? Two years! It's kind of hard to get promoted when every other week you have a new boss. This job really sucks. And this is my friend Bob. Everybody, welcome to Generation Loss, the podcast about movies with Bryn and Jeremy. What up, everybody? How you doing? It's um, we're coming in hot. It's uh, <laughs> it's, it's a, a it's Sunday. been a hot weekend, man. It's we usually well, first of all, we usually do these both on Thursday. We'll do the bonus and the regular one on a Thursday. This right. week, uh, due to some scheduling, uh, snafus. Yeah, snaf snaf. What is snafu? <laughs> what? Uh, I think it's a. Army acronym ac- acronym that stands for like situation five different slurs situation now all fucked up. <laughs> I know that like um like I know f- uh, fugazi is like um a fugazi yeah fugazi is like uh or no fubar is what I'm thinking of fubar is like fubar. fucked up on yandall repair um and. I thought I thought fugazi was a thing too, but it may just be an Italian word. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yep, I was basically right. It's situation nominal, all fucked up. <laughs> yeah, all fucked up. I, you know what? That's pretty cool that yeah. the, that the government curses. <laughs> yeah, you know what? They're pretty <laughs> cool guys. Now that I think about it, Marines. Oorah. Yeah, oorah. Get some Marines. And by some, I mean curses. I mean, dirty swears. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it's been a hot weekend. It's been, it has. It's, it's been, been really great. beautiful here in New York. And um, we can't go outside, obviously. But um, I've been enjoying my fire escape. I had a little... Mm-hmm. I made chicken sandwiches and I ate a little sandwich out there. Delicious. That was nice. Are you not going for walks? I'll go for walks every so often, but my neighborhood is pretty like, like the the streets are pretty narrow, and mm. they refuse to pedestrianize any of them. So it's pretty tough to like maintain distance when you go out. So Ugh, I try I to like that. not do it. Yeah, I actually haven't gone for yesterday. I went to the store, mm-hmm. like literally left my front door for the first time since April second. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was. V- I've been very cooped, um, extremely <laughs> you cooped. You have a backyard. It's a, I have a backyard. I, I yeah. should. I can't complain because I have a beautiful backyard where I can sit in the sun and adult and skateboard. It. An adult skateboard. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, I can do that. But uh, I feel like my body is dying because I used to walk miles and miles a week. Yeah, you know, like I used to have to walk many miles just to do my podcasts. <laughs> right. Like I lived 10 minutes from the train and then 
the beep beep studios 10 minutes of the train and then you're a few minutes from the train so it's like by the, the end of the studio week, is more than a few minutes from the train it's 15 minutes from the train it's, it's crazy so many minutes <laughs> it's a long walk and i would do it's, it twice a week yeah um there and back and then i my old house was 10 minutes from the train i don't even know how many minutes from the train i am i haven't taken the train from my new house you're it's like so two annoying minutes from the train you live so close to the train now really yeah oh cool <laughs> well anyway i'd like to walk so i haven't taken a walk but i'm thinking about doing it today i will be wearing a mask no one get mad at me i'm trying to do the best i can <laughs> yeah it's fine to go for walks yeah wear a mask go for a walk I'll get probably out wear, there kid i'll probably wear gloves too after this <laughs> you're not gonna touch anything <laughs> i might you never know you never know i wear rubber gloves a lot of stuff out there to touch <laughs> Yeah, I'm just wanting wanting to look crazy, just look more crazy. Look more crazy. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, what do you? What did you watch this week? So, oh, I didn't really watch anything. I wanted to talk about um a game that I played. Okay. So I got I I failed to watch any movies besides the one we we're going to talk about. Um, mm-hmm. mostly because I got really sucked into. Uh, a video game one of them was my boyfriend started playing a uh, breath of the wild um which i've played twice i've been yeah we've twice. talked about it on the show before too right and so he, i can't help but watch him play it he's like been playing on the big screen mm-hmm. but i also got into um a video game called Virtuaverse. okay so Virtuaverse is an indie game that is very very uh an homage to the Sierra LucasArts style adventure games. Mm-hmm. Did you ever play any of those? I played, um, I mean, I, I played a lot of uh, Star Wars games, if that's what you mean. Mm. Um, they had some good ones, I think. I don't actually remember if they had any adventure games. The Indiana Jones ones were good adventure games. The um, um, I mean, Shadows of the Empire is kind of like a... I mean, what are we thinking about as, as an adventure? What okay, defines an so adventure a, game? So an adventure game is a point-and-click game where you have oh. to find items and you get inventory and you solve puzzles with those inventories. Interesting. So, so like okay. Mist is an adventure game. Yes. Uh, Monkey Island, um, The Neverhood. These are my favorite. I've, yeah, you posted something about Mist the other day and it sent me down like a whole, like <laughs> trying to find... like. I tried to find like videos of people playing it and I watched for maybe like two seconds and I was like, this looks like dick. I can't watch this. <laughs> so Mist is um, a... I mean, I it, loved that game when I was a kid. I got maybe like, I'd say two minutes of valuable gameplay into it ever, but I played a lot of hours. Mist is hard now because it's a slideshow game. Mm-hmm. Like you don't walk, you just look at pictures, and then you like, I want to go this way, and it's like, well, right. here's a picture of what that looks like, and I think that most people just like can't handle that level of like disbelief. Yeah. Um, but the Lucas Arts games and the Sierra games, like Space Quest, King's Quest, um, and uh, Monkey Island, Grim Fandango, um, those are all, you know actually animated and you like play a guy and you click where he goes and he walks yeah um and so this is this game it's a cyberpunk game it's set in a cyberpunk dystopia Mm -hmm. in the future um and i originally played it because it looked serious like it looks like a cool like neuromancer style cyberpunk game with like a you know heavy synth you know goth soundtrack 
but it's a very it's very very heavily Sierra in that it's very silly mm-hmm. and stupid. <laughs> um, so I was a little disappointed in that. And the story is sort of what rubs me the wrong way. But it, it's basically mechanically a very great game. It's you know you got you're you're a hacker and you've mm-hmm. got to solve puzzles and that's it. But the story is that there is something called augmented virtual reality and basically everyone is seeing of augmented reality all around them and most people have like chip implants to see it right and you're one of the few people who is like i'm not gonna fuck with that man i'm not gonna be on the grid dude Yeah, i'm gonna fucking raw dog light <laughs> yeah <laughs> so you but you do have you you do have glasses so you can interact with people it's like having a um it's like a guy who doesn't have a real facebook it has like his fake name so he can like talk to mm-hmm. his family members or whatever and like say he's going to shows was not use facebook you know mm-hmm. he has glasses that he can turn on and off so he can see the real world um and then there's permanent reality right so a lot of the puzzles are you have to like turn on your glasses to see what everyone else is seeing and then turn them off to see what's really there and then you know solve you know, use items to like make manipulate what other people are seeing and stuff. Yeah, so is it's Portal a cool. uh, an adventure game or is it just a puzzle game? Uh, I think people would argue <laughs> about that. I would say mm-hmm. it's probably just a puzzle game because it's so first person. But you don't have like the classic mechanic of like getting an item and then having an inventory and then being like, how do I use these items? Sure, like, yeah. Because if you like, have an item, you don't have it past the level. Right, exactly. And I, I, are there the, in the first portal? There's no items at all. Yes, there. There's the um, the companion cube. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The yeah. weighted companion cube. <laughs> the weighted companion cube with a little heart. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, and then and in the second like, one, you you have like the different kinds of paints and stuff. Mm-hmm. I don't. Know, I think it's debatable, but in this game, it's like you found a hoverboard. You found a thing of noodles you found yeah. uh a pair of panties or whatever and then you like put a pair of panties on a stick that you found and then you put that on gasoline and then you light it with a torch and then you burn something and, th- and then you solve the puzzle right man you hate to see you get some you get panties in your inventory and, and the purpose for it is not <laughs> horny in nature no it's not horny well you do fuck and that's how you get the panties so oh, okay all right <laughs> you, fair uh, enough you already had sex with a robot <laughs> <laughs> why, why does the robot have panties <laughs> <laughs> that's a good question i don't know why they're there but the door closes then it goes king <laughs> that's very funny <laughs> Making noises and then you're like hey i got panties <laughs> <laughs> that was great sex um, but the story is really weird, uh, and I guess the reason I wanted to talk about it is because it has this inscrutable character. So the main character, like the the, the inciting incident of the game is um, your girlfriend is gone in the morning, and you're like, oh no, where's my girlfriend? And she writes something on the mirror, and you have to figure out where she went. And then Mm -hmm. as you sort of realize where she went, you find out she might be in trouble and the cops are looking for her and you've got to save her. But the so the guy you are playing is this weird asshole who like is a wrong generation, but for the future. Uh So he's always like he's always like music uh, 
isn't even live anymore. Everyone's a DJ and yeah. they're fucking playing live music. What a crock of shit. It's like um <laughs> it's like uh Huxley in um Demolition Man. Yes. Is it's that her name? Like, Huxley? Whatever. It's Sandra yeah, yeah. Bullock's character. It's, it's Huxley. Yeah. Uh, I remember that because of Brave New World. Yeah. Um, which which I think surely is, is why that's yeah. her name. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. She's a big, like, Lerong generation for the 90s or whatever. Yeah. Um, and what's so strange about the game is that they keep being like, they keep approaching the point where they're mm-hmm. like, everyone's alienated into this other world where everyone, like, corporations control what they see. Um, but they keep, like, undermining themselves. And I can't tell if it's on purpose to, like, mock certain kinds of people or if they're just, if it's made by Reddit guys. Because uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, he like, they have long, multiple times in the game, I'm like 10 hours in, he's been like, there's like a whole band that they go see you go to a concert where the band is like the last live band on on earth right they like play their instruments um but then they're found out to not be they're just like air playing the instruments and there's actually uh, a backing track no, just like the red hot chili peppers i know <laughs> or nirvana for that one time oh yeah um, but uh yeah and so it's like this thing but the whole soundtrack is made by the writer of the game and it's like chiptune soundtrack. Mm-hmm. So it's That's like, fun. it's great. And the music is great, but it's like, so do you think it's lame to play electronic music or not? <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't get it. Cause you clearly have respect for like this, all this electronic music. Right. Like, what do you think playing live is you make electronic? I don't get it. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, maybe like it's all like live played electronic music though. <laughs> Like, oh, yeah. um, like he's like, who is it? Um, like I am, the XX. I am robot and proud. I don't know what that is. They were, um, I think it's just one guy, but mm. uh, <laughs> maybe it's more than one. I don't know. <laughs> but it was the, um, what do they call it? The IDM, the, yeah, yeah. um, the intelligent dance music. Oh yeah. The coolest kind. Lay Reddit dance music. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, epic dance music. But it's never danceable. It's, no, it's crazy. It's absolutely never danceable. <laughs> um, but I'm Robot and Proud was this guy who my friend Scott had turned me out to in like high school. It's a long ass time ago now. I don't even mm-hmm. know if he's still around. But his whole thing was that he like it always sounds really like highly sequenced and like there's no way this could be reproduced live. And then you just see him just like hammering it out on like a bunch of keyboards all over the place. Like a fucking, oh, wow. he's like a, like a spider in a cartoon, <laughs> just like playing all these different things. There was this, uh, there was two groups that were sort of the opposite of that, where it was like, there's one called captured by robots. Have you ever mm-hmm. seen that? It's like yeah. this, it's a guy whose stick is, he he literally created robots to play drums and guitars. Okay, cool. Um, and so like he's on stage as the vocalist, but he's like in chains. Like the robots have him as the, their slave, and he's like the vocalist. That's um, um, that's always how I pictured the Strokes. Like <laughs> um, that Julian first Strokes album, I always pictured Julian Casablancas as like a middle aged uh, scientist 
who invented this machine to like because that because that first album has such a like futuristic sort of sound to it while still being like really nostalgic and i was trying to describe it to somebody once and i was like it's as if there's a machine that just has these like mechanical arms that are like playing guitars and stuff (laughs) and then there's just this like dude in front of it who's just like this is what music used to sound like in the before times (laughs) what if the rolling stones was robots (laughs) Uh, yeah, it does. It is so weird because it's the strokes are so strange because they don't like sound like a band from the 60s or 70s. Mm-hmm. Like there's no band where it's like, yeah, the strokes sound like that. Right. Like the, It's the, not like Greta Van Fleet where it's like they're being Led Zeppelin. Right. It's, it's like they say like Velvet Underground is like the most common thing that I'd hear people say they sound like. And it's really Velvet only Under- vocally. The Velvet Underground, if they could play their instruments or write a song. Damn. <laughs> Seriously, I mean, what are you doing to us? (laughs) (laughs) I'm just saying. I actually didn't realize that most people don't like the Velvet Underground or Lou Reed. Uh, We did um, for my old. I don't dislike them. I just think that they couldn't really play their instruments. For my old podcast, my music podcast, we did um, the Metallica and Lou Reed album, Lulu. Oh yeah, and Drew was like uh it was in front of a live audience too this is one of the only live episodes we did and he like to the crowd was just like lou reed sucks am i right folks and i was like you're gonna get us killed and like all these people are like yeah fuck lou reed and i was like oh i thought i thought he was like fairly legendary <laughs> like pretty universally he, regarded i think he's a critical darling for sure but i think like people who are like punk or metal are all like fuck the fucking reads. real ones yeah i don't know i really like some velvet underground songs and definitely love some like coney island baby is a great album i don't i, I like lou reed uh but the velvet underground i really had trouble getting into because like mm-hmm. that first album is like it's it's laughably bad playing and yeah. i like didn't get it like i didn't get why it was endearing or anything right um but yeah no the strokes yeah, I stand by it. <laughs> um, but anyway, the reason I wanted to talk about the game is because it was this weird thing where it's like, I, I really hope it goes somewhere because the idea is that like the, the AI that is running the 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 permanent reality that everyone is in is going to start like alienating people into different realities mm-hmm. where like everyone's going to see one thing and then another group of people are going to see a different thing and like further alienate people. And they're like trying to stop that from happening. And that's your big mission, which is interesting, but they keep having these weird things where they're like, oh, so it's not, it's not that the, it's not that the, anyone is doing things to us. We've done this to ourselves. And it almost seems like it has this dumb, like, look up from your phone, man, message. But then every (laughs) once in a while, somebody is like, no, actually, it's just because they're profiting off of this. And it's like, oh, okay, so you get it or you don't get it? (laughs) Like, what is your point here? So it's a really weird game, but it's, as in terms of puzzles, if you like that kind of puzzle game, Mm -hmm. it is beautifully animated. The puzzles are really great. There hasn't really been a bad like pixel hunting one or a, a dumb sort of like one that didn't make any sense. It's it's really well made. So I, I just wanted to say that I'm liking it. Nice. What did you watch this week? Um, well, similarly, I um, <laughs> haven't really been hitting the movies too hard this week because I also have been uh, absorbed in a video game. Uh-oh. Um, 
it is, uh, of course, City Skylines. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) I am uh, fully back on my bullshit now. (laughs) Welcome to the Jeremy podcast. (laughs) We don't give a shit if it's about movies. We're going to talk about City Skylines. (laughs) Well, so here's the thing. Here's the thing is what I did want to talk about, and and it is peripherally related, I think, is uh, (laughs) the world of City Skylines YouTubing. Oh, because so we talked a little bit about this on the Demolition Man uh, stream that we did last weekend um, that I've been. So right now there's there's kind of like a lack of people making City Skylines videos. There used to be a ton. Mm. There's a lot fewer now. You could imagine that's the case because it's an old game. How Uh, old is that game? I think it came out in 2015. Really? Okay, so it's not that I thought it was like a. I was thinking it was like as old as The Sims, and I had just heard about it. No, like it's, this was like a sequel or an update or something. No, it's like fairly. I mean, it's it's new in like the grand scheme, but like it is still old enough that like you wouldn't expect there to be like a robust you know group yeah. of people <laughs> like making videos out of it. But mm-hmm. so there's a there's a guy right now um, who's making a series called Mars, and it's oh, very cool because it's like. It's he's doing like a cyberpunk sort of city where it's it all takes place inside of a dome, like a like a like a biodome type of thing on Mars mm-hmm. where it's like a two-tiered city, right? And on the top is like like Dubai. It's like this gorgeous, like lush, beautiful, like giant buildings right. and like very like designed and manicured parks. And then below that is just like favelas and like police state and like just like horrific you know like yeah like everything looks terrifying down there all the time so like dubai (laughs) yeah (laughs) (laughs) just an incredible sci-fi city underneath is just a pile of shit (laughs) yeah and so what what i found really interesting about aside from the fact that just aesthetically really really cool like what he's doing with it is really Mm -hmm. neat and like it's 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 this really lonesome feeling sometimes being a fan of the game mm-hmm. when you're not like in that community when you're just outside trying to explain it to somebody and you're just like no but you don't get it it's like it's <laughs> it's so far from what the game is designed to do <laughs> like, yeah what people do with the game now is like so so far from like what the game is meant to, to be and it almost feels like every episode of these shows should just be like opening on by the way, just a reminder, here is how the game works. <laughs> and then yeah, and then well, we're just going to turn all that stuff off and we're going to do this. Right. Because I, I like I think I've said on this show or maybe we were talking about it on the stream. I've only uh, seen the only City Skylines I've seen is you playing it mm-hmm. and Justin playing it. Right. Um, and apparently Justin said on his on Do Not Eat's channel is uh this is not how the game is supposed to be played either. So I literally don't know what the game is supposed to be. (laughs) The game is like really simple. It's like what it is at its core is like you draw a road and then you click next to it and you say, this is going to be housing. And then little houses pop up and good job. You've got people in your little town and you do that until you get a big town. And like, if you fuck up, maybe everybody gets sick and dies. Maybe they don't, but that's Mm -hmm. really basically what the game is. Right. And then, so how is it like, different than the sims on the vanilla game or sorry the sim city um not in any meaningful way especially from like the way it starts it, it 
is not meaningfully different from SimCity. It's just okay. like better looking and like maybe a little more advanced on like traffic. Um, sure. Simulation and stuff. But it's a sim game. It's a. But yeah, it's a sim city. It's essentially the same thing. Okay. But anyway, so bringing up Justin is interesting because what I wanted to say about Mars and what I wanted to say about City Skylines YouTubing all together is that like what Justin does is interesting because it seems like it should have been done so much sooner than it was. <laughs> uh huh. Because Justin is like I don't think he'd even contest this. He's not particularly great at the game. Okay. He's not like a detailer guy. He's not like doing a whole lot of crazy stuff in his show. What he's doing is like using it as a model for telling you about stuff, right? Sure. And it seems like given the fact that it's a game about cities and making cities, you'd have somebody way sooner being like, oh, maybe we should like have a political perspective on this. <laughs> right. How and people are organized is a thing. Exactly. And and what makes Mars so fascinating is how close it is to having a perspective while not having a perspective at all. Like, he's literally building an allegory for capitalism, right? He's, yeah. he's, he's building, like, a, a society of rich people literally living on top of <laughs> and supported by, you know, an <laughs> underclass, like a physical underclass. Yeah. And he's like... And so I'm doing this because I think this looks really cool. And like, <laughs> I just think this looks fantastic. And you keep waiting for him to be like, yeah. And uh, so in the story of this, you know, right. like, <laughs> like, I think the most he's done is that the people who live under the city are like, they were tricked into uh, moving there by like the, the people who started the colony. Uh huh. And you're like, well, that's not interesting. <laughs> and then what? And then what? Yeah, so and like, why don't they do anything about, about it? That. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> why do aren't you... they doing anything? <laughs> <laughs> why isn't anyone doing? What is what is the feeling about that? Uh, yeah, and it's so strange because you find things like that. Like, remember that movie Elysium? Yes. Uh huh. Where it's like, I didn't watch it. Did you see it? Is that the one with Matt Damon? Yeah, yeah. And it's like um, the rugby team. No. That Elysium is the one where he's like a sci-fi guy and there's like a... Oh, they, no, I don't know the, what you're talking about. <laughs> all the rich people... Uh, you're thinking of uh, fucking... The rugby, in, or the South Africa rugby one. Yeah, it starts with an I <laughs> and everyone is yelling at the podcast now. <laughs> <laughs> Saying, it's this, but I don't care. Invictus. Invictus, there we go, okay. Um, I uh, didn't look it up, it just came to me. Um. Elysium is about the rich people who live, who like let the earth, as climate change destroyed the earth, just like left. Right. And he like has a mech suit where he has to go do something. I didn't see the movie. But the point is, is that like, I feel like people land on these things just because the, it's like the inequality of everything is so deeply ingrained in culture mm -hmm. where, where people just don't even realize that it's like, well, yeah, of course the rich people go be safe and then everyone else is dead so that's the story and then it's yeah. like well what and then he's an action hero and then you know there's a bad guy and like well, wait right it's what like, about this crazy thing you set up well and all these all of these people like it kind of helps you understand like how you could radicalize people like how Everybody kind so of is a, a communist in waiting, you know, because you'll hear these mm -hmm. people making these shows. And like, you know, Mars is a particularly unique example, but there's like people who make 
say like a German city, right? And it's just like a little German city <laughs> and it's really cute. And then he'll be like, but this is a city that like, you know, it doesn't have very good transit. And, um, you know, because that's realistic. And and they'll always say that. Right. They'll say, because that's realistic, you know? And then there will right. be no further thing where it's like, but they should. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it would be actually really good if that wasn't how it was. Yeah, it's very rare for, for a City Skylines YouTuber to then take it the next step down the line and be like it would be good if they did or maybe even like i'll show you what it would be like if they did um yeah there is somebody doing that actually um whose show is really hard to remember the name of but it's something like like the rise and fall of great american transit or something like that um okay. something long and it's this woman um who fuck i can't remember her name but she is do she has like one city that she built already like she's not building the city as mm-hmm. she's going it's already done and she's just showing you different versions of the city essentially where it's like, here's what the city would look like if it invested in a subway and here's what the city would look like if it invested in a tram, you know? Nice. Uh, and that's pretty cool. But then there's this other guy who's very new and this is <laughs> one last thing and then we'll move on from this. No, it's fine. Um, but there's a guy, it's very funny, but it really typifies this kind of like specific city skylines personality type where it's this guy who's making uh, nineteen, like, like early nineteen thirties Berlin. <laughs> and in the first episode, he's like building the Brandenburg Gate, and he's like, "I really hope that, um, you know, I, I wanted to make it a little later in time." Uh, you know, I'm a bit of a history buff. Uh, I'm really interested in World War II, so I wanted mm. to make it like kind of during the lead up to the to the war. But um, I, you know, uh, what happens uh, is uh, controversial. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I decided to do it a little bit earlier. So it's just really old Germany. Um, and Nothing then, controversial happened in 1930. And then a couple, a couple episodes later, <laughs> he's like a little bit into the build. And he's like, so I'm thinking I may have to turn the comments off for these videos. It seems like it's really... <laughs> It's really difficult to keep Nazis out. <laughs> Everyone in his videos now just has somebody being like, yeah, man, and now build a ghetto. <laughs> now the ovens. <laughs> it's, but it's like, it's so funny because you know that the guy who's making this is just like, I just really like the old city. I just like the trains. <laughs> I just want to see the trains from the old times. <laughs> they had a very interesting system. <laughs> it's a very it's a very special community and I recommend if you ever like have some time to kill you could you could turn the speed up on these and you don't have to sit through a whole half hour of somebody building in city skylines but Uh-huh. You can definitely get a very interesting look into like a very distinct personality type. Right. By watching. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> but I do recommend everybody check out Mars. Mars is very cool. It's just called Mars. Yeah, it's city just look up City Skylines Mars, you'll find it instantly. Okay. Are you gonna do one? I am kind of kicking around the idea of doing one. It's um it's hard because I play on a MacBook Pro and oh, right, it's right. already really hard to just keep my computer from shutting down while playing the game. And then, like, filming it at the same time is very difficult. I am kind of filming what I'm doing right now. Um, Whether or not I do anything with it is, you know, anyone's guess. Well, that's cool. I'm excited. I think you should order some parts. (laughs) Yeah, I'm thinking (laughs) about... build a computer. Because we're going to be inside for so much longer. 
so long. Dude. I might as well just build a fucking computer. <laughs> It'll be fun. <laughs> It'll um, give you something to do. Oh, and you know what else I've been watching is um, Better Things. I'm getting caught oh, up on the, Better uh, Things. Pamela Adlon show. Yes. Um, yeah. Very Good interesting show. show. Did you watch the new is season? Uh-uh. I, they have I'm, a new season out. Um, I'm don't. I think I'm in season two. It's um, so it's Pamela Adlin is a um is an actress in real life. She plays herself basically in the show, and it's about her and her three daughters and just kind of like living. And mm-hmm. that's kind of what the whole show is. <laughs> like, there's no. I I am very impressed by how like just uh determined they are to never have a plot mm-hmm. they're four seasons in like probably six or seven years doing the show and they still are just like the only plot is that these are characters who are alive <laughs> yeah that's the only thing about it is da- it's a family they continue to be a family that's it <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean it's funny because it uh it well my feeling when i saw the first season or two um was that it's so similar to Full House. Like, okay. <laughs> it's basically just a sitcom premise and then sort of sitcom episode premises where it's like, we have to get a cake for someone's birthday. Right. But then instead of doing the dumb sitcom, like, and there's a big mix-up and yeah, like Yeah, the bakery's happen. closed. I got to right. go to the erotic bakery. <laughs> This one's shaped like a dick, but it'll be like. It'll I guess just... I can make the butt look like two. Uh, maybe it'll look like a a, a golf course. Grandma likes golf, right? Yeah, she hasn't yeah. been golfing in ten years. <laughs> she can't swing her hips, let alone a golf club. Yeah. Um, but instead of doing the sort of like hacky jokes of like you know people getting into hijinks, it's just a real sort of vehicle for them to sort of reflect on their lives and yeah. talk to each other and have their like arguments that you would in just real life. It's just like a mumblecore show. Yeah. It's really interesting. And I mean it's it's really basically just the show Louie but with a different a- actor and like a slightly different situation. Yeah, it's um, a bit less surreal. It doesn't delve mm-hmm. into that sort of like absurdist like Louie humor where like you know there's no like woman disappearing on a helicopter you know there's no like that's true like that's no uh, shit protecting a duck from iraqis yeah terrorists or whatever (laughs) but it's like the more emotional episodes of louis if that was the whole show basically yeah Um, and it's great i think it's it's great it's fantastic um but the resistance to plot is the interesting thing for me because it's like to the level where even they'll set up storylines (laughs) <laughs> and then immediately not do them in the next episode. <laughs> like there's an episode that ends with um uh Pamela's like falling asleep with, with like her pet her daughter's pet mouse in her hand. And oh, no. she like is like, Oh, better put this away so I don't let it crawl into the walls, you know, and then she like mm-hmm. goes and puts it back in the tank and then closes the top, but you see that she doesn't close it all the way. And like the camera zooms in on it as the credits roll and you're like, Oh, I guess the next episode is going to be mouse in the wall. And then it is never brought up again. <laughs> and we're like two seasons later now. <laughs> and that's awesome because it's like, 
who cares? Who cares? But yeah. also, if they ever pay it off, like five seasons later, then it'll be funny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like really funny need- how much they're like, like, and and they do it so much that you, it has to be intentional at this point. Like, right. Um, I'm just like, who cares? Who cares? It doesn't matter. And sometimes it's like, um, it feels it's like it's like- trying to say something about the way that like these things happen in life, where like. In season one, they like bring up that the middle daughter is um, maybe trans or maybe some sort of oh, you know yeah. gender nonconforming type of identity, and then it's never brought up again really uh, until like the fourth season where Pamela is like talking to her her eldest daughter and is like, "You said that she was trans," and she's like, "I never said that," <laughs> and you're like, "Oh." <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah. yeah. So the whole time you're like waiting for there to be an episode where like Frankie is finally like, Mom, I'm trans. And like every time she has like a big thing to say to her mom, you're like, This is gonna be the moment where she says, Mom, I'm trans, <laughs> and then she just every time is just like, Mom, you suck. I hate you. <laughs> Why did you not buy the kind of cereal I want? Yeah. It's- yeah. It's very mundane, and I think it's an interesting show because it it's so fun to watch, even though it sort of tricks you, and there's very rarely any sort of, like, big emotional payoff. Yeah. It's, it's like, it doesn't want you to have that, because I feel like it's almost spiteful. Right. <laughs> or it's like, I don't get that in my life. Mm-hmm. I try really hard to have, like, emotional closure. It feels like the creator being, like, that's not how my life works, so that's not how my show yeah. is going to work. <laughs> and every time you get the the emotional closure, like the big emotional moments, it's always this sort of like weird secondhand thing. Like there's uh, an episode in I think the third season where like they go to see Frankie sing in a choir mm-hmm. and they just like cut across all like the two daughters and, and Pamela and her gay friend uh, just crying in the audience, just like mm-hmm. watching her sing and just being like, oh my God, like she's so good at it and she's so grown <laughs> up and like you're feeling all these things with them. And then like once she gets off stage, she's just like, I'm going to go hang out with my friends later, guys. <laughs> and, like, doesn't give any of <laughs> oh, them yeah. the time of day. <laughs> and they're like, okay. Okay. Good job. <laughs> I mean, that feels really like an experience thing of like being a mother or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's like, you care. They don't give a shit about you. <laughs> I like it. And, and it's always done really subtly, too. Like yeah. you're saying, like, it's never like, it's never as blunt as what I just said. Mm-hmm. You know, it's never like, kids don't care about you, but you do. But it's like done really artfully and subtly. So you're sort of just like left to feel that way. Right. Um, so yeah, I like it, too. Yeah. Fantastic show. Highly recommend. Recommend. Um, all right. Let's get into this movie. UHF. UHF. Also known as... The Vidiot from UHF. <laughs> um, this movie was released in 1989, right? Yes, 1989. Yes, uh, 1989. Uh, it was the. It was about Weird Al had a few successful albums and um, immediately started talking to his uh, manager about making a movie. Thought it would be really fun to do. New Line said, hey, Weird Al, you're one of the most popular, weirdly popular musicians of the decade. Would you like to make a movie? And he said, sure, because his manager was directing all of his videos, which were historic, you know, very funny. People really liked his music videos. Yeah. Um, 
if you don't know who Weird Al is because you're a very young person, um, <laughs> Weird Al is a musician who, sort of like the Lonely Island, did parody versions of songs. Um, I can't imagine there's anybody. Dude, you never know, man. You never know. I, mean, I know. <laughs> and, and it is like a fresh, terrifying thing every time Like a new one of these is like, no, there's somebody who doesn't know it. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I can. Re- I mean, like, why would they know who Weird Al is? Like, he had like. I mean, I guess it's even been a while since that last big album he had. That was almost ten years ago Damn. when he did the fucking Happy, when he had like eight videos for eight right, songs, yeah. and uh-huh. like it was great. But it was mandatory fun was like 2012, I think. Damn. Um, so, uh, yeah. So Weird Al does comedy songs. Mostly, he's famous for his uh, parodies, which are just the songs, but the words are changed. Uh, and he, if you're a fan of him, you know that he has a ton of just songs that are funny. Um, but he's famous for making uh, very funny videos for his parody songs, where he parodies the video of the song that he's parodying. Right. Um, so through that, they asked him, well, you make funny videos, can you make a funny movie? him and his manager wrote this movie um and their idea for it was to they're like well we parody stuff so how do we parody stuff in a movie they're like well we'll just instead of music we'll tv and so they're like what if the movie is i have a tv station and we parody a bunch of television shows um so the the plot of this movie is weird al is a imaginative ne'er-do-weller who is basically constantly getting fired from every job he's ever had the yeah. movie opens with him getting fired from uh from a burger joint a burger joint for calling his boss a fat tub of lard uh, <laughs> and then um uh he um falls into his rich his gambling problem uncle <laughs> uh won a uh uhf station which i didn't know what a uhf station was when this movie came out or when i first saw it um, but apparently that's what like local access channels yeah i guess it's like called. like shortwave stuff like that like yeah ultra high frequency uh-huh. um and is what it stands for and so uh they're local channels basically yeah and um, they're like high up on the dial they're like in the higher numbers right and so this is channel 62 and his aunt basically says let george run your channel that you won in a card game and that's the movie and that's and the movie yeah so they At first um, it doesn't work and then it does it and, does uh, and mostly because of uh stanley spadowski played by michael richards who yes. is a a uh, mentally disabled man who is a janitor right uh who is weirdly good at making kids uh content um and then they start a very weird series of channels and shows or excuse me shows uh and they become very popular the evil corporation uh channel 8 uh hates this and tries to buy the the station from his uncle to shut them down because they're taking too much of their market share yeah um and ad revenue and um in the end it doesn't work in the end it doesn't work because (laughs) they um they their plan is to raise enough money by selling stock of their um of their channel by uh they just have a tv tele yeah what do you call this telephone yeah telethon um and uh the whole town comes together and buys the station from his uncle who needs $75,000 for a, uh, to pay off a gambling debt. And, uh, they all own it collectively. 
as a uh, as a team and as a town, and then they crush the dreams of the big bad corporate TV station. Yes. And that's the movie, and mostly it's an excuse for uh, doing sort of parodies of television shows and uh, and various commercials pop culture and, yeah. properties <laughs> and whatever. Uh, real Weird Al shit going on here. <laughs> real fucking Weird Al hours right now. <laughs> um, so I watched this movie when I was... I was a big Weird Al fan mm-hmm. when I was a kid. Like, basically from like 12 to never really stopping because I very much enjoy his albums. Um, to this Did you day, go see him at um, on that recent tour where he did all the um, original songs? Oh, no, but I really wanted to. Yeah. Uh, that was like, I just didn't have any money at that moment, and I wasn't able to go see him. Um, but that w- those, I mean, as a big Weird Al fan, I I've, was uh, I was excited because mostly he plays his parodies because those are the famous stuff, and I yeah. always, had always wanted to see him do like a lot more of the the originals this because those are my favorites because they're very stupid and funny right um so i saw this movie in high in high school um and obviously i really liked it as a kid um and i wondered what do you think of it you never heard of it i'd never heard of it uh i'm not a weird al fan Mm. um all of my uh all of my co-writers on two minutes late night were all huge weird al fans i am not a weird al fan at all (laughs) Uh, I like him fine. I think <laughs> it's like sometimes funny, sometimes stupid. I think it misses the mark a lot. Uh, yeah, I was gonna ask if you like hate him or if it no, was, I don't. Like, I don't not hate big... him. I I definitely like some. I think some of it's very funny. I love his videos. I think every video is pretty much a treasure. Yeah. Um, I think his music I could take or leave. Honestly, if you just put the regular song on top of his videos, I feel like I'd be pretty stoked. <laughs> <laughs> that would be cool, actually. Um, but this movie, uh, really, um, whiplashy for me, I think. Interesting. There was some stuff that I really, really loved and laughed at a lot. There was some stuff that I really hated there. Like, it felt like it was very long, uh, which is interesting because we switched it with, (laughs) um, we were going to watch the Harry Potter thing. Two and a half hour, yeah. Well, Uh, we were going to watch a movie that was two and a half hours, on late notice yeah. um and then i was like let's be merciful to ourselves and watch something that is a tight 90 minutes yeah and um but i agree with you it, it does feel long, long. Yeah. yeah it feels long <laughs> and maybe it's because there's a lot of stuff in it and there's a lot of like nooks and crannies and like like tiny little things that he like crams in there so it like it, it makes it feel like more than it is mm-hmm. but it definitely did not feel like 90 to me um i think overall i like it's it's very zany. It's it's so <laughs> zany. And it's we talk about this a lot, but it's this feeling of like if you didn't like this as a kid, it might be hard to get into now. Mm-hmm. But there is fun to be had. There there is definitely a lot of fun to be had and it opens really strong with an <laughs> Indiana Jones parody where like one of the first things you see is like Weird Al is Indiana Jones whip a guy's arm off (laughs) and it like has no explanation and it doesn't lead to anything it's just it's the scene where he whips somebody but his arm comes off (laughs) yeah Uh, it's really funny i mean like there for me uh i found this movie when i was a kid uh to be uh 
a laugh riot, a nonstop comedic uh, masterpiece. Um, but I, I watching it this time, the acting had me being like, oh yeah, the acting is terrible. It's really like, bad. It's, they don't try to be good. Like it's not. It's not like he's trying to act well and not it's like they're basically just like doing scenes to get to the next thing. Yes. Um and they know Weird Al can't act and he's not going to try to act. He's just being He's himself. the closest to acting out of a lot of the characters. <laughs> oh yeah. His friend is really bad. His friend's David bad. David Bo is an interesting his friend Bob mm-hmm. uh is so bad it seems like he's in the movie for no reason and as soon as they're done with him that he never shows up again yeah like he almost has no lines after we're number one you know like yeah, once they and find then he out shows up been... really quick at the end and then that's it <laughs> yeah um, <laughs> they're like well actually he sucks i don't yeah, know why he's in the movie but i think i'm i'm with you on this that like the acting is really kind of the sore spot for this because I think that's what the movie was missing for me. And that's kind of what I like. What would have brought it together for me is a little bit more of the Wayne's world feeling where you kind of get the perspective of where UHF is in the world. And you, okay. you get more of a sense of like, cause there's a point where like the shows start doing well and it's not just kids, it's adults who like the Michael Richards show. Right. And you see them at the bar watching it and interacting with the piece and it's happening in such an unreal and stupid way <laughs> that you're like, so why do they like it? You know, it's like it's you reached. I can imagine how it happened in the writing of this movie where yeah. they got to that point and they're like, and then they strike gold and they make a hit. And then they're like, but we have to make a hit then. Yeah. All right, well, let's but just make s- it stupid and then everyone's <laughs> stupid and then it works. <laughs> Well, not only that, it's like, well, the point of this is to parody stuff, so let's parody network. Mm-hmm. Like, he literally does the run to the window and said, these floors are dirty as hell and I'm not going to take it anymore. Right. Like, they're, and then, like, everyone gets fired up, like, in network. Uh-huh. But uh, well, have you seen network? No. Oh, okay. Uh, it's great. Um, but they're literally just parodying network but it's not even really a parody he just says the same thing yeah there's a lot of stuff that's like that's like that where it's like it's not a parody it's just you just said the line from the thing (laughs) like there's the there's the guy whose show is like animal abuse and and then he's like getting the new animals for his new episode of animal abuse and they're like and uh you know you get like a leopard and uh you know, a, a, a flamingo and a couple of uh, badgers. And he's like, badgers? We don't need no stinking badgers. And you're like, that was, you made this whole scene this whole for that? Scene. <laughs> <laughs> There's to, not a single other joke in it. Yeah, to say the line from a movie that no one's seen anymore. <laughs> I mean, like, pro- I, I would, my bet is that, like, 30% of our listeners could tell you the name of what mo- that movie's from. I don't know what movie it's from. I think it's a Mexican yeah, guy who says it in the movie, and that's why <laughs> that's in there. There's a lot of, like, <laughs> Weird Al, like, really is uh, playing it fast and loose on on a lot of... On, uh, on the race card. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of jokes about uh, his, his Japanese friend. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, mixing up R's and L's and stuff. Um mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's interesting. It's missing it's missing some sort of realism for me. And it's also 
I kind of left this being like Weird Al's kind of a piece of shit. Really? Okay, why? Because I feel like I've always had this perception of him as being like generally a good guy. Like, and mm-hmm. I watched his behind the music when I was a kid, and his whole behind the music is all him just being like, I, I don't drink, I don't fuck around on my wife, I'm just like a good guy. Yeah, yeah. And this is like, it, pretty much the whole thing, like, they set it up as if the whole thing is going to be like, yeah, Weird Al's like a big daydreamer, and, um, you know, he just like can't hold a steady job because he's like, oh, he's daydreaming, he's off in La La Land, and then he finally finds a place for his creativity to like come through, and he thrives finally in the right setting. But what it is is he loses his job because he like calls his fat boss a fat piece of shit <laughs> and doesn't apologize for it. <laughs> like he, um, like he, he doesn't strike gold because of any creativity on his part. He just threw his his disabled friend in there never really like thanks him for it never seems to give him any gratitude until the very end when he gives him a stupid little statue and still doesn't say thank you and still doesn't treat him like he's like an equal share in the success of the fucking network there's all sorts of racist jokes in this that like it's the thing is it's like i was thinking about it the kind of scrutiny that we hold um falling down and american sniper and movies like that too and it's it's unfair to hold uhf to that standard because it is a zany weird owl movie Uh but it does feel like at the same time it's like if you're not going to write into the script some sort of like any sort of hedge for these racist jokes any sort of hedge for like these you know disability jokes or you know even just you like being mean to people (laughs) like if you're not gonna write any of that in there then it kind of feels like that's what you think (laughs) so i i'm what do you uh what are disability jokes like i feel like michael richards's character is like kind of the butt of a lot of jokes because he's he's mentally disabled um i'm trying to remember other ones i feel like there's like a it's like a blind joke or something like that. Oh, right. With the Rubik's Cube. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it's all the stuff where it's like, it has that feeling of like, yeah, me, I'm an equal opportunity offender. You come into my zone, everyone's <laughs> getting hit. Except, of course, the white guys. <laughs> they don't get hit. <laughs> right, right. I kind of, I kind of took it with a little, it was interesting because I never really saw this movie in the way that I watched it last night, mm-hmm. which was... Like, it's a movie about a guy who thinks he's got a bunch of good ideas, and then when he's given, like, the opportunity to do something, he finds out he doesn't really have any ideas. Yeah. Um, and then, basically, I feel like the message of the movie is, like, when he gives everyone a chance to do stuff together, mm-hmm. um, and misfits, right? Like... Of, there's this really little person yeah. there's the um the hobo you know the bum guy um then there's michael richards um and then the the, the big black cameraman gets his own show like and everyone who's sort of just like sleeping at their you know the woman who gets called abroad by the yeah by the other news guys like they all get their chances and then they all succeed because well, Weird Al has gives them the opportunity to do what they wanted to do, mm-hmm. um, because that's he was just he's just like helping them do everything, and so together they all as a town, as a community, as a as a as a crew, 
they they succeed and not just because he's got got a good imagination um, but that's i guess that's what i mean when i say that like it was missing that realism for me it was missing that heart it's missing that scene the one like one scene and it could have been mm-hmm. that bar scene where you just see people actually responding to the work and totally. actually being like yeah it is like like driving home that idea that like yeah it is cool that like what you did was just kind of like find interesting people from like you know from the fringes of society and being like hey here here i'm pointing a camera at you and just fucking go wild man do you you know do what you normally do and then people responding positively do it if you don't put that in then it almost feels like what you're saying isn't like you know we need to give the you know we need to give the woman the black guy the the little person the mexican guy we need to give them their voice what you're saying is like point a camera at them and laugh at them because <laughs> that's yeah. kind of what it feels like <laughs> okay i no, that's a totally valid criticism i think because i mean i didn't see it that way and i like you know growing up i didn't see it that way mm-hmm. honestly i didn't really think about the movie very much in terms of like what it says when yeah. i was like in high school i just thought it was funny um and I still do think it's funny. Like, I, I think it's... There's definitely a, a lot of funny parts. A yeah. pretty fun, goofy movie. It's not as clever. It never achieves, like, the laugh-a-minute level of of the original Zucker Brother movies. Like, mm-hmm. it's not... It's no airplane. It's no top secret, um, I don't think. Um, but uh, I totally agree that you can read it... You can read this movie as... It seems like what they wanted to do was maybe put, make it clear that one person can't do it on their own and they all need to come together. But it, <laughs> it's not, hey, I'm actually really good at, you know, curating and putting people on, you know, finding people's talents and, you know, being the producer and lifting people up and giving them platforms. It's just like, let's just exploit these people (laughs) yeah because in the end he's the one who's who's gained from it and they kind of pitch this idea of of like you know it's like going to be a collectively owned tv station like the community can all own it together but what they're doing is just an ipo they're just doing like they're just selling shares of the company (laughs) sort of but it's not public Sure. Yeah. Okay. But it's uh, but it's also never like really explicitly it. stated like whether no, there's going to be a democratic process <laughs> and like if you own That's a share, true. what does that mean? Do you get some? Uh-huh. You know, <laughs> like is it like the Packers where you get to like vote on who the chairman is? Like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. And then I mean, the, the thing is, I think the, the thing about it is that the movie, the writers of the movie don't give a shit. Like mm-hmm. the writers of the movie are like, we have to have a villain, and then we have to win. And that's, you know, because yeah. it's a movie. And I read an interview with uh, the director, Jay something, Jay Levy, I think. Yeah. And, uh, and Weird Al. And uh, they, when the movie flopped, because this movie was not a success. Right. Um, um, Weird Al said he was like kicking himself because he could. They could have just done a Kentucky Fried movie. They could have just done like a Amazon Women, right. like just skets. You know, it's just sketches. Right. Um, why even bother why, stringing it? Why together? even have a? But if but it's just going to be a failure anyway. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. He was like, "Why didn't I just fucking? Why even write a script? Um, because I don't think they cared. Like the whole." it was just a skeleton to like hang the bits on. Right. Um, but I think he, what he said was like, there's become this sort of cult, uh, 
fandom of the movie and i think people really responded to what the movie was trying to say and so i'm glad i did it in retrospect that we we did write a nice little story so i think my feeling is that and it's funny that you kind of had the opposite reading of the intention Mm -hmm. um because i feel like they had good intentions and failed (laughs) Um, yeah i guess that's what i mean is it's like I don't know. I mean, I, I can believe that that's the that's the truth of it is that they did have good intentions and they were trying to do that. But I do think that like what comes out the other end of it, it's it's as an outsider who doesn't give a shit about Weird Al, who's never seen the movie mm. before. It's much easier uh, to read it that way and be like, oh, this is just a guy in the 80s making racist jokes because <laughs> you could do that in the 80s. Yeah, that's super interesting. I never even <laughs> thought about it that way. Um, but yeah, I mean, the main thing that really tipped me off is that beginning thing that he like calls his boss a fat tub of lard and then gets (laughs) fired and like never, like there's never a moment where he's like, man, I should have maybe been nicer to my boss. Instead, he just goes home. (laughs) He's just like, I'm just a dreamer. Yeah. (laughs) People get mad at me for daydreaming. (laughs) And I feel like, I feel like it's just laziness because like, what they really wanted to do was have him because because the whole opening of the movie establishes that he is a dreamer and he's burning the burger yeah by dreaming and having an idea which is funny because it's just a derivative parody like it's not really an imaginative thing to do it's just right. imagine that you're in the beginning of right of the lost ark but that's neither here nor there uh instead they just like had an idea for a funny visual gag of like getting thrown and then the camera zooming out and then they fall closer to the, you know, right. Like they wanted to do that visual oh, yeah, gag. That fucking killed me, by the way. That's <laughs> such a funny visual gag. They get, uh, when they're getting fired, they get thrown out like in a cartoon, but they just like keep going into the air. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, it's really just, funny. There's like weird, like surreal sort of like, it, it has a very like dreamlike quality at times. And because of the way that nobody acts like a real person, it kind of ends up by the end of it feeling like that sort of fever dream sort of quality, like the Black Hole Sun video where everybody is just like staring down the barrel of the lens, just like talking in weird ways. <laughs> yeah. And, and I think like what I'm saying is like that very funny bit where mm-hmm. she- they're like, well, what if a huge fat lady throws us and then we don't land for a while and then that'll be funny. And so they had to just like, well, let's just introduce Big Edna by that's why I get fired. Right. And it's like, well, you could have just done that. I mean, like, you know, you didn't have to do it that way, but they didn't care because they were just trying to make a funny movie. Yeah. So I think I think it's laziness more than they don't care about people because I think that what they meant to say or I feel like what comes through to me in the movie by like putting all, cause there's so much like, like the little guy, the little old cameraman guy who's like really short, yeah. you know, he, uh, they like trip him and are really mean to him and you really feel bad. He's got a scraped elbow and stuff. And then like, and then they win at the end and he gets to trip that guy and right. like they, everyone sort of gets their comeuppance in the end. And I feel like they meant it to be like all of these misfits are mistreated or all these people are mistreated for different reasons. Right. Um, and then they all come together and and win. Um, but, but man, even the... They put, they put jokes over everything. Yeah, they put jokes over everything. And un- unfortunately, it's the 80s. And so like <laughs> yeah. the one that I, that you know is really 
like sticking with me is like the, the um, supplies. Yeah, supplies. Yeah, is like you have this <laughs> Japanese character who we see him basically three times throughout the film. The first time right. is he lives next door to Weird Al and is his roommate, and they have like a dojo where they're teaching you know martial arts, and he like has like a really. Um, ridiculous accent that's like really uh like over the top and and they're doing karate and whatever and like you're like okay fine it's a stereotype but who gives a shit like it's fine Mm -hmm. and then the second time we see him is he has a tv show now he has a japanese game show type of thing where it's like wheel of fish and it's like a wheel of fortune (laughs) but it's fish and you're like all right fine like uh, still a little weird but um okay fine that's that doesn't read as racist to me it's just absurd yeah no i mean it's absurd it's like maybe playing on like asian you know like how like chinatowns have like fish markets or whatever like maybe something like that maybe maybe but whatever it's like a weird japanese game show but Mm -hmm. then it's like that his comeuppance moment his badass hero moment (laughs) where he like saves the day basically is alongside a racist joke about his accent yeah uh, is not 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 so good, Al. <laughs> yeah, it do, doesn't uh, really fly anymore. Yeah, um, and I I don't know. Um, I thought that was very funny when I was a kid, mm-hmm. um, and I'm sure people would be very mad about it. It's uh, a fucking now. street joke. Is the really annoying part? It's a street joke. Yeah, it's I just like it's it's some shit that like a fucking uncle says, you know? Right. And and I think that's sort of where the movie, f- I think that's the problem with the movie is that it, they want to be as clever as, as top secret or airplane mm-hmm. and like just aren't good at writing that kind of stuff. Like they're much better at visual gags because they're, mu- they, they do, they do music videos, not, right. not the puns, you know, the thing about airplane that everyone remembers is like the, vi- like the the linguistic stuff, you know, yeah. like, of course I'm being serious. Don't call me Shirley. Right. You know, like that kind of stuff is like really clever and tight and vaudevillian and like Weird Al is just not, it's he not doesn't that, have yeah. that skill really. Although I will um, say the, the thing that sticks with me most from airplane is a visual gag is the, the oh, autopilot. I mean, there's tons. Yeah. It's the autopilot <laughs> being inflated is so funny. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I mean, it's, it's that I think where UHF, is really good is the visual stuff Mm -hmm. like there's a ton of great visual gags michael richards uh, absolute king incredible physical com comedian like like unbelievable how compelling he is i feel like we haven't talked about how good his character because i've i was because i was a big seinfeld fan and when i found out about this movie when i was in in high school i was like oh wow kramer's in it um and I was like, this is weird. He's not being Kramer. But then, like, you just, like, anytime Michael Richards is on screen, it's one of the best comedies you've ever seen. It's like, it's so funny. Yeah, he's so funny. It's, he's he's hysterical. He's so endearing, too. Like, it's funny because I don't, I didn't watch this movie as a kid thinking that he was supposed to be mentally handicapped. Mm-hmm. Like, I watched it as he was just, like, a dumb guy who likes being a janitor. Yeah. Um. But this time it seemed like, oh, he's playing us like. Yeah. No, he's definitely. He he looks like. um, uh, I kept thinking about um, Simple Jack from uh, Tropic Thunder. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. He's 
you, you can't make the joke that Tropic Thunder made, but uh, he's <laughs> going not going full, but he's going half. Yeah. Um, and and it's pretty obvious, but he plays the character with such like care yeah. and like really put a lot of thought into it that it never feels like he's being an offensive caricature. He's just being a guy who's just like he's just being Michael Richards, yeah. Yeah. He um, has like these great I wish I'd written them down some of these, but he has these amazing like little like interstitial lines that he'll throw in that yeah. are like they'll be between two like stupid things that are like funny cuz they're stupid and then there'll be like one thing in the middle. <laughs> it's so hard to remember, but it'll be something that like is like genuinely insightful in a weird way and you're like, "What?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, he'll be like and I like pizza. I like anchovies because they're fishy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, I mean, that, that like a ton of his lines are just like stuck in my head for the rest of my life. Yeah. Like anytime anyone says, be there, I've always, I just think, <laughs> like the, the little noise he makes right after, he says, be there. <laughs> um, it, it's his, 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 watch this movie just for his performance. Yeah. Like I fucking love Michael Richards in this movie. Um, he's incredible and also racist. Yes, but <laughs> <laughs> well, not not in this movie. But yeah. we all know Michael. Although, Richards who knows had. what happened behind the scenes? Who knows what kind of conversations were happening back there between <laughs> Weird Al and Michael Richards about? Oh yeah, what they think of certain types of people. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, yeah, it's weird because it's kind of it's kind of what like liberal idpole was in the 80s mm -hmm. which was like putting black characters in the movie was good on you right you know like you did the representation like i feel like this movie would probably have felt progressive in 99 for like having a bunch of like probably, a little yeah. person uh you know a bunch of asian characters who like get screen time and have lines you know what i mean yeah it's like trauma like, like trauma is kind of the same way where it's like yeah, yeah. It feels but it's like, like, uh, like subversive a little bit. They're all, but they're definitely like laughing at their uh -huh. identities as well. So it's like, I don't think you really get a pass, especially nowadays. Yeah. But like, I I feel like the intention in 1989 was like, let's have all kinds of different looking people in the movie. <laughs> so I'm having ugh. so much fun right now picturing um, Weird Al with like his accordion on. Uh, doing the Michael Richards breakdown. <laughs> <laughs> like his fucking like whatever his like alternative polka isn't going over so well and he like stops it and instead of doing radio radio he's just <laughs> shouting slurs at somebody. <laughs> oh, Weird Al has that breakdown? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> to accordion? <laughs> no, he's like, he's like, he stops the song and he's like, oh, oh okay. what? You guys don't like the alternative polka? Look at him up there. <laughs> Back in my day. <laughs> well, calm down, Al. Whoa, hey. <laughs> Al, every, Al, calm dude. Come on, man. <laughs> Whoa, hey. Not appropriate. Play the song, man. Um, yeah. Just improvises but a song out of slurs. <laughs> I think it's nice. So I would say that I would still recommend this movie. And I think having... I hadn't... Until last night, I don't think I'd seen it in probably... 10 15 years mm -hmm. um so <laughs> watching it now i would say it's from 1989 but you know the thing is is like airplane 
like a lot of comedies from this era have really racist jokes in them. Yes. Like they're like I'm I'm remembering that that scene in Airplane where she's like, um, stewardess, I speak jive. Yeah. And then like talks to the black guys. Uh-huh. Like that's not okay either. No, it's really it's not. Very, <laughs> it's very funny. But it's like I would say if you're okay with airplane You'll and, be okay you know, with this. Yeah. this. This is from 1980. Yeah, it's 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 oh you know there's racist jokes in them. Be prepared if you don't want to watch that. Don't watch this movie. Um, yeah, but like you said, they're like street jokes. They're like dumb, like stereotype jokes. Like yeah. they're the kind that you've heard very, very, a million times already. Yeah, and and that's the weakest part of the movie. Some of the jokes are just like lazy. Mm-hmm. Um, but other than that, I think it's uh. I do. I personally still think it is a movie with good intentions, and I like. I really thought, like, at even watching it again, like when they do, you know, buy the when they collectively buy the company, and he said it's ours. The company's ours. Like, it's great. I thought it was a nice little moment, and then everyone gets to beat up on the corporate corporate TV guy, who's very funny too. Um, We haven't talked at all about he has like this dumb fail son who like looks and sounds like Donald Trump Jr. Yes. um, and that guy is you. You can't wait till he gets punched in the face. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I would say I. Um, if if you like Weird Al at all, um, you'll enjoy it just because it's a lot of his personality in there. Like you'll see a lot of him. <laughs> um, he's the star. Yo, but yeah, um, also, I just mean in terms of like his sort of just general aesthetic. You'll you'll enjoy it if you don't like weird out don't watch it you'll hate it uh <laughs> and uh if you are one of those uh, zoomers who doesn't know who weird al is do not bother do not bother with this <laughs> <laughs> i agree there's I nothing think here for you <laughs> you're too young to get any of the references this guy means absolutely nothing to you neither does michael richards mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I don't even think, like, the surreal bits that I think are really funny, like Spatula City, are, like, surreal enough for younger yeah, people. not worth like, it. Like, they're almost just like, what? Yeah, what none this of this mean? holds up to, like, a, a deep-fried meme. You know, yeah, like, no, none of this is, silly. nothing is that silly. <laughs> it It's not quite silly enough to be, like, laugh-out-loud funny for anybody who was around for this period of time. I mean, I was very young when this movie actually came out. I was what, three years old. Yeah. Um, so yeah, even for me, it feels dated and and old, but I, I, I find it very endearing. Um, and I also really, really love the Zucker brothers movies. Mm -hmm. Like, um, I love top secret. I love airplane one and two. Um, what else did they make? Uh, do they do hot shots? They did. Uh, actually, no, I don't think they did, but they did Scary Movie 3, ha. <laughs> um, which I find very funny. 3? Which one three, is 3? Yeah. 3 is the one where without the Wayans Brothers and it has Charlie Sheen in it. Oh, okay. Um, it's th- And then 4 is terrible, uh, but uh, that one is just like, for whatever reason, they changed from from the Wayans brothers to the Zucker brothers who directed the original airplane. <laughs> and that one scary movie is directed by them. And it's very silly Whoa. and funny. Um, but he apparently also directed ghost. What? Weird. Weird. Um, airplane top secret, the Kentucky fried movie, naked gun. Oh yeah. All of the naked gun. Yeah, movies. I love naked gun. 
Uh, Leslie Nielsen's still alive? No, I think he died. Um, but if you like all those movies, I feel like, um, oh yeah, High School High. Oh basketball. yeah, love, damn, what? Mm-hmm. What legends? Um, yeah, David Zucker. Um, Scary Movie 3 and Scary Movie 4. And f- yeah, so the last movie he directed was American Carol, which is like a, 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 a comedy film that's sort of mi- making fun of Michael Moore films. Damn, sounds um, like it probably I, sucks. It seems like it sucks, <laughs> but uh, that was the last one he did. Um, but yeah, anyway, um, if you like those kinds of movies, I feel like this is just a love letter to those movies anyway. So if you're a really big fan of the Zucker Brothers movies, maybe check this one out too. Yeah, if you like so, if you like zaniness, you'll like it. Yep. All right, that'll that'll do it. That'll do it for this episode. Thank that'll you for thank that'll you for joining us. Do. Another episode, <laughs> another week. Generation loss. Podcast about movies. It has been that. Thank you for listening. If you'd like to hear more, if you'd like to hear us do the news, the movie news, and generally just get real loose and talk about weird anecdotes from our lives, uh, <laughs> ta- yeah, check if you out wanna, like, uh, the Patreon. Yeah, if you want to get real like, fucking parasocial, like, if you want to take your parasocial shit up to the next level and like really yeah, start knowing like- us as people, <laughs> like that's how you're going to do it, is get behind the paywall. That's right. Um, mostly for this... A little bit for Ballin' Out. Definitely not at all for BP Bledis. The BP Bledis bonus episodes are just more episodes. But on Generation Loss, we start talking the real shit about... Real shit. The why, why we like the movies and why, we, why we're alive to watch the movies. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so. Hell yes! <laughs> Big tease. <laughs> Big tease for the next episode. Yes. That's we're right. going to talk about <laughs> mental health. Why we're alive to watch the movies. <laughs> uh, check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash generation loss. Uh, and then we've been doing um, we've been doing live streams on yes. twitch.tv slash generation loss. Um, people have been liking them. We just got a few tweets saying, why is there no live stream this weekend? And uh, I didn't know it was going to be an every weekend thing. I'm yeah, not saying sorry. it will be. <laughs> um sorry uh we didn't know you wanted it that bad but we probably will continue doing them yeah so uh, for sure. please follow Until us on we get twitch off of twitch do not snitch do not follow us if you're going to snitch um please keep that shit secret and safe um and yeah follow us there follow me at kingdom autography on twitter follow jeremy at jeremy thunder on twitter and uh, listen to our other shows, BB Bledis, you know, The Drill, Ballin' Out Super. Yeah. And um, if you guys want a fucking uh, Discord, let us know, because uh, some yeah, people have said asked. some stuff about it, and uh, uh, I made, like, a, there's, like, a channel on the Ballin' Out Super Discord you can use if you want, but we could just, like, make another one. It's not really... But I I'm not going to do should... it unless somebody asks me to. Right. We will not, because uh, <laughs> I don't care. But I think that if we do do it, it should be Patreon only, because then we don't have to manage it at all. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's <laughs> Just right. Like, and then that'll that'll be a reason people can, uh, oh, can beautiful. do the Patreon. Yes. Keep out the riffraff. <laughs> yeah. The, <laughs> the lower class yeah. of people who don't have $5. <laughs> 
That's um, like the the uh, don't talk to me until I've had my coffee. Don't talk to me until you've subscribed to my Patreon. <laughs> don't talk to me until you've given me five dollars <laughs> once. Once. Because <laughs> I think you can stop and then you still have Discord, right? I don't know how it works with the works. Discords, but I know that at least like. In terms of bonus episodes of podcasts, it's really like it. Pre- it's pretty easy to just pay five bucks for a month, binge through yeah. every bonus episode, and then cancel <laughs> by the end of the month. Yeah, I think there's definitely been people who've done that to my show. Yeah, I also like, know hey, for man. sure that uh, I haven't ever fixed it. That on the Ballin' Out uh, Patreon, you can just donate one dollar a month and still get the bonus <laughs> episodes. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta put so okay whatever i'll tell you anyway thanks so much for listening this has been generation loss for the week next week we are pretty sure we will have a guest for you um and, and watching, we will um, probably do batman and robin batman are we gonna reveal robin. it i don't know <laughs> yeah we're gonna watch batman and robin um yep uh, and if you've and never seen don't... it look up batman versus robin it's an animated movie they made at some point and there's a clip from it that they use as the trailer and it is so fucking funny. Did you did you watch it when I told you about it? <laughs> no, I thought you were talking about the Batman and Robin. No, trailer. no, no. So there's a, so they made an animated movie called Batman versus Robin. I guess it's probably about like Nighthawk or Nightwing or whatever he's called. Um, mm-hmm. But the the clip that they use as the trailer on the uh, iTunes store is uh, like Bruce is like uh, showing this woman through his his estate, and he's and she's like. <laughs> she's clearly trying to fuck him and she's like so you brought me back to your house he's like that's right and she's like so i guess we're gonna like go back to your room or something he's like maybe later first i wanted to show you this and he brings her into this room and it's like a huge diorama of gotham with trains running through it and shit <laughs> and she's like, "Oh, okay." And he's like, "I wanted to show you my <laughs> my vision for the future." And it's like got like little holograms or whatever that like make <laughs> the buildings get bigger. <laughs> and she's like, "That's cool. That's cool." Hey, who's that? And then there's like the little boy <laughs> just like sleeping on his couch. <laughs> and she's like, "Why is there a little boy?" And he's like, "That's my ward." <laughs> Uh, that's what we call a dude's rock moment. Yeah. <laughs> All right, that's it. Goodbye, everybody. All right. Just give up the ship You can eat a 
bunch of sushi, then forget to leave a tip. Do the Mr. Wolfman. Come on and do the Mr. Wolfman.